Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? Folks, it's so frustrating. I have warned so many people so many times that we were headed right where we are. The left-wing lunatics are trying very hard to bring back COVID lockdowns and mandates with all of their sudden fear-mongering about the new variants that are coming. Gee whiz, you know what else is coming? An election. They want to restart the COVID hysteria so they can justify more lockdowns, more censorship, more illegal drop boxes, more mail-in ballots, and trillions of dollars in payoffs to their political allies heading into the 2024 election. Does that sound familiar? But to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, hear these words, we will not comply. Well, here we are, folks. That is exactly, in a nutshell, what all of this is about. And the icing on the cake for these people would be convicting him and then indicting him and sending him to jail then. And it's all been it's it's all been so so predictable. Three hours of bold truth and excellence. You've just signed up for the WBR Army. Welcome aboard. This is the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Delighted, as always, to spend time with you today as we wrap up a busy, busy week. It's been a busy week in Congress. Jim Jordan uh, has been very dogged, to put a word on it, with his investigation into how much the Biden administration has worked behind the scenes to silence us. I had no idea until I listened to some of this testimony of the House Judiciary on government overreach yesterday. I had no idea that it was only three days into this Biden administration in, in 2020, 2021, beg your pardon, that the Biden White House reached out to the social media companies and asked them to put the squeeze on a post by none other than RFK Jr., talking about the vaccines, talking about COVID. You were not allowed to say what you wanted to say as your government shut you down. And if you lived in a blue state, your loved ones were kept as prisoners inside nursing homes. You were not allowed access to information that you needed. Now, I don't care what anybody wants to say about keeping people safe. Who decides what that looks like? Who decides what is true and what is not true? Because I guarantee you, their ideas and your ideas are going to be totally opposed. And Jim Jordan yesterday in this hearing dropped that in full glory, the degree to which the Biden White House has been working with Google and YouTube. Do you guys know that I was permanently lifetime banned from YouTube? 
Not one warning, not two warnings, not third strike and you're out. Just a pssst. You are no longer welcome on this platform. What did I do? You spread COVID misinformation. Do you know what I spread? I shared with you the story of India and the great fortune of 245 million human beings in in an Indian state called Uttar Pradesh who were part of a World Health Organization and CDC project, a door-knocking campaign with 10,000 medical volunteers, each with a kit. Every household got a kit. What was in the kit? We weren't allowed to know. All we knew was whatever these people were getting, their COVID mortality, well, their their survivability shot through the roof. 99.7% of people in Uttar Pradesh, India, survived COVID. Those who got it had whatever was in this kit. You know what was in the kit? Ivermectin, doxycycline, Tylenol for fevers, some hand sanitizer, a a thermo thing to test your temperature, a few other things. And you were not allowed to get that here in the United States of America. And because I talked about Uttar Pradesh, I talked about why does the CDC, why are they falling over themselves to go to India to help... 200 million people there. Well, we have 300 million people here and we're getting the shaft. We're trying to mail order something that's so highly successful, cheap and effective. Won the Nobel Prize in medicine. (laughs) How bad can it be? No, you're not allowed to get that. That's horse paste, they said. And then the FBI and the Postal Service worked to intercept your mail orders as though you were some kind of drug dealer. How dare you? This has been going on according to our friend Jim Jordan, since day number three of this Biden administration. And he posts this Twitter thread yesterday. It's important. Almost one year ago today, Matt Taibbi published the first edition of the Twitter files, followed by other journalists, including, you know the names, Schellenberger, Barry Weiss, etc., etc. After issuing subpoenas to big tech, The House Judiciary released the Facebook files this summer revealing the Biden White House wanted true information censored. High permanent lifetime ban for doing nothing other than exercising my previously protected First Amendment right. And we should all be reminded that the First Amendment protects something that many of us revile. And that is speech that we are vehemently opposed to. It expressly protects that speech, too. This isn't just Calvin Ball. This isn't making up the rules as you go along. But when Joe Biden came into office, it's damn well right what we got. Jim Jordan continues. The Biden White House wanted true information censored. Facebook changed its policies because of pressure from the Biden administration. Facebook removed content related to COVID-19 in response to pressure from the Biden administration, including posts claiming the virus was man-made, according to internal company communications viewed by the Wall Street Journal. What do we know now? Did it happen just wildly in in nature? And and could Fauci have been a, a dumber liar? It happened at a wet market. Because that makes sense. 
You're not allowed to talk about that. And then all of this stuff. We need the swift and devastating uh, takedown of the Great Barenting Declaration. Where, what did they say? Oh, that's right. We need to just be smart about this. Don't lock everything down. Let's protect the elderly, people who need to be protected because they're in weird immune systems, right? Let's let kid live the, kids live their lives. If you can, work from home or stay away from people. Do, but you make the best decisions for you. You know, like Sweden did. Shut it down. But now, here's the first edition of the YouTube files. That was yesterday. We knew the Biden White House was pushing Facebook and Twitter to censor more. But now we know the White House was repeatedly pressuring Google to censor content on YouTube. How many of you got a strike? You got a strike for something. Brock, you got struck for even being related to me in terms of the show. Since I got censored, he's like, well, I'll go on and I'll set up a page for, the, for us. And they, they said, no, I'm sorry, you're not allowed. Really? Are you out of your mind? And everybody scratches their head. Why is it that Elon Musk said to the, the advertisers who pulled their money from him because of stupid reasons that don't exist? Go blank yourself. That's where we are. I get that. I don't like that kind of language. Totally get that kind of sentiment. So here's Jim Jordan. He brings, he brings these reporters back, right? It's been a year, he said, since you've been here. It's been a year since you've been digging into the Twitter files. What else have you found? We have found a, a silencing uh, of specific voices in this country, an effort to squelch the truth, to stop any kind of honest dialogue that's contrary to a narrative, to, to ban people who have the audacity to not go along with that narrative. doesn't matter who they are, Donald Trump included. And so now what is, what is Jim Jordan done? He's issuing subpoenas for two former Biden officials, and these are important people to speak with. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan sending subpoenas to two former Biden administration officials who pressured social media companies into censoring speech online. Who are they? Former White House Director of Digital Strategy Rob Flaherty and former Biden COVID, Biden COVID response team advisor Andy Slavitt. Jordan has reached out to them, said, hey, we want you guys to come in. We need you to come in. Here's what we're looking for. Crickets. When your government calls and says, hey, we, we want to talk, I don't believe it's really negotiable. They had to go the subpoena route because this administration is stonewalling and dragging its feet so much. What do they want to know? The letters written by Jim Jordan are scathing. We know that you guys actively went in representation of Joe Biden and this White House. And you asked for voices like Donald Trump's, RFK Jr., and little known nobodies like me to be banned, to be silenced, to be censored, to be shadowed, to be fact-checked into oblivion. And we expect you to appear. Peronto. Good for you, Jim Jordan. You know what? Who's also taking the ball and running with it? Ken Paxton. Did you guys hear what he did to Pfizer yesterday? I've got it for you coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So here we have Jim Jordan issuing subpoenas for two ex-Biden officials 
Rob Flaherty, the White House digital director or the director of digital strategy. And Andy Slavik, the COVID response team advisors, look, they needed the agenda. They needed the agenda of their thought process, what they wanted you to do. And what they wanted you to do was obey every order that they gave you so they could stay in power. So you would have to get vaccinated. So you couldn't get the information you needed. And it's almost like they thought you would just go for it, that you wouldn't be a critical thinker. That you wouldn't get a weird vibe, that you wouldn't be aware of what was going on with you. Well, you got to love Ken Paxton, attorney general of Texas, who's been dragged through the mud. He was up for impeachment or whatever the hell he was up against, where lo and behold, what was that again? Oh, that's right. They had no proof. Look, wasting our time with scurrilous lawsuits and dullards like Joy Reid and Jasmine Crockett and these other morons, it just makes me so angry because there's legitimate stuff that involves brain power. And we keep hearing from these mental midgets and people who are dangerous, like Jamie Raskin. He's dangerous in his ability to use the Constitution and law as a manipulation mechanism. Ew, right? Get lots of soap. How about this? Attorney General Ken Paxton sues Pfizer. Brought to you by Pfizer for misrepresenting COVID-19 vaccine efficacy and conspiring to censor public discourse. Wait a minute. So it's not just the Biden White House of suck that wants to keep us quiet and prevent us from saying things or getting access to real information. I mean, there was a study that Congressman Thomas Massey had put on YouTube that got him banned. It got it taken down, flag like, not allowed to say that. What was it? Was it, was it something inciting violence? I mean, like, what could it be? No, he was, he was quoting a, a study, a, a scientific study about COVID and natural immunity and herd immunity. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to talk about that, sir, said the Biden White House. It's almost like they got stuff to cover up. Don't you think? So let's read a little bit about this. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has sued Pfizer for unlawfully misrepresenting the effectiveness of the company's COVID-19 vaccine and attempting to censor public discussion of the product. Wait a minute. It's magic. If you get it, it stops with you, right? These are the same voices who tell us there's no evidence that Joe Biden has gotten any money from his family. Got it. Pfizer engaged in false deceptive and misleading acts and practices by making unsupported claims regarding the company's COVID-19 vaccine in violation of the Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act. You go get him, Mr. Attorney General. The pharmaceutical company's widespread representation that its vaccine possessed 95% efficacy against infection was highly misleading. I've got other words for it. That metric represented a calculation of the so-called relative risk reduction for vaccinated individuals in Pfizer's initial two-month clinical trial results. Two months! They did it for two months! And 1,223 people died! And they're like, eh, it looks good to us. Hey, Earl! Earl, get in here! All right, we need to mass-produce this. This looks like it's going to be great for us. 
said nobody with a functioning brain. FDA publications indicate relative risk reduction is a misleading statistic that unduly influences consumer choice. Of course, Pfizer was also put on notice at that time that vaccine protection could not accurately be predicted beyond two months. Nevertheless, Pfizer fostered a misleading impression that vaccine protection was durable and withheld from the public information that undermined its claims about the duration of protection. They knew this vaccine was lousy. They knew it from go. Do I need to do it again? The adverse effects from phase one of the clinical trial. Here they are. All of them. See them? Nine pages. Single spaced. There you go. That was phase one. What do you think they learned in phase two? Oh, that's right. That's where they learned that there was strange, a strange occurrence of, of vaccinated people getting sick with COVID while the unvaccinated weren't. And then this really odd phenomenon called immunity. And then the legal mumbo jumbo when people who were being booted from their jobs because they didn't want a foreign object thrust into their body against their will. They claimed, look, I've already had COVID. I've recovered from COVID. I am immune. That means something. No, it does not. Not in Joe Biden's world, ladies and gentlemen. Lawsuits, subpoenas, records, exposure, transparency. We've got the Senate Democrats wanting to silence all debate. We've got Congress wanting to change precedent and set new rules. It is Calvin Ball in Congress. This is where we are, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, we're not even getting started yet. Coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio program, we're going to continue this and open the door to crazy in Canada. Oh, my goodness. That's next. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio program. We have a Wendy Bell Radio Network correspondent. You know, we've got two of them. We like to cover North America the right way, the good old-fashioned way. I cover the United States. Oscar Blue is our Wendy Bell Radio Network correspondent in Mexico. And our friend Wayne Peters is quite literally in journalistic exile to our north in Canada, where Justin Trudeau's assault on free speech, this is not anything new to you, my friend Wayne. Welcome back. What are you what are you going through now as a as a as a journalist in Canada? It's crazy. Well, it, every day is just a slightly varying flavor of suck, but I do believe I'm coming with good news uh, today for everybody that's watching the insanity of, uh, of Canada. Uh, I think one of my most used statements is insanity is unsustainable. And uh, we're getting to that point in Canada where I believe Trudeau is finally unsustainable. And uh, it's gotten to the point where his position on everything is now the fetal position. And he has absolutely no wherewithal to actually defend himself in anything. And we are heading into what is probably... The, uh, one of the unique things about Canada is we have what is called a non-confidence vote, which is different than an impeachment. Uh, this is literally, uh, if it gets adopted and read in Parliament uh, to run to a vote, 
the population can literally vote non-confidence and the government immediately gets dissolved and we move into an election. Well, with Trudeau's uh, polling numbers now uh, barely into the double digits, uh, he's running at about half of the percentage of the conservative leader, the apple-eating Pierre Polyev, um, the scream for a non-confidence vote has been put to petition and has garnered something like uh, 200,000 signatures in only three or four days. So this is typically how unwanted governments in Canada do get removed. It happens to his predecessor, Stephen Harper, as well. Um, so I think that there is a serious movement to move remove Trudeau from office pre-election, which... I hate, I hate to admit it, is the best thing for humanity on the planet because what this guy is doing is absolutely nothing short of absurd. Yeah, he's one of the acolytes and, and several of the, the minions there, acolytes of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab and all that nonsense. I want to ask you, though, if this does go to a vote, is this something that everybody in Canada votes on? Is it the elected so-and-sos? How does that, how does that work? Well, it, it gets driven to Parliament by the population uh, through petition, and then it will be adopted and moved to a vote in the House. And at this point, I don't think uh, Trudeau stands a chance of uh, surviving a vote like this. He barely has escaped these kind of measures in the past, but with the antics that have been, uh, you know, <laughs> without even talking about things like uh, Nazi-gate and some of those gaffes uh, recently, he's become even more re- absurd in his responses um, to everything. There is nothing that is our government's fault uh, in, in his eyes. He is blaming everything on the MAGA movement. Uh, I'll read this little quote that he gave Reuters the other day. So the real story is the rise of right-wing American MAGA influence thinking that has made Canadian conservatives who used to be among the strongest defenders of Ukraine turn their backs on something. Um, he is literally equating a failing support for Ukraine um, as uh, anti-climate uh, change, um, anti-everything, and blaming it all on MAGA. Uh, while he is uh, literally being drugged through the grinder, it seems that he's cooked the books on the Arrive Can bill. Uh, so he's got two different groups of companies earning $50 million a pop to uh, create things that guys could do in their backyard in two days. So this theater of the absurd just uh, keeps escalating at breakneck speed, and there is tr- there is nowhere left for Trudeau to run to. Um, he is being hammered from every direction, including um, the you know the the support that he got from the migrant community has completely uh, eroded. There is nothing left for uh, uh, for support from him. I sent you a video the other day. Um, the, the the protests by the ethnic communities against their government are uh, over the top, uh, unbelievable. Uh, the Indians uh, have had enough. Uh, every ethnic group in Canada is now revolting against Trudeau. Uh, the the scary part of that is, and I'm sure John will will, will uh, you know have something to add to that, is that these the more emboldened these people get in a country that isn't really theirs, um, in a political environment that bows to the loudest voices. This is frightening me yeah. to see the level of uh, 
of, of escalation by the ethnic and what should be minority communities, but I don't believe in Canada are actually minority communities. I don't think I don't think people uh, here in the states realize the degree of childish grade school gotcha garbage that's going on in Canada. You sent me a video yesterday, Wayne, of a gentleman who served in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police whose home was literally lifted up on a flatbed trailer and taken away, uh, like repoed everything in it his whole life. Uh, was taken away from him. Why? Because he he refused to get vaccinated. I mean, what the what's going on, Wayne? So there's a there's a couple. Let me correct a couple of things on that. He's uh, actually an armed forces member, 19 years uh, serving with the artillery. Gotcha. Uh, uh, brigade in Canada, and uh, yes, literally for uh, they they own 149 acres, and they had applied to uh, build a home, and for nine and a half years, the uh, the county had run them through the hoops. They had moved a mobile home on there. Uh, a relatively new one. In 2017, they bought it new, and the county had said they didn't have adequate permits for this, and demanded they move it, or they remove their, their these buildings from the property, or they would come and remove them. And they said, "Well, come and have a look." And they did, and they literally said that because there wasn't a cover on a uh, a plug-in, and that the child had dug a hole in the yard with his toy tractors, that that was a danger. These were justifications for the county to seize their home. This is a, a family of, of, of six, four young children, uh, the oldest one being six. While he's away with two of the children, they literally knock at the door, give the wife 20 minutes to get, grab stuff for her two children while they're sitting outside with a sea can and a truck. They load all of the, their stuff into a sea can, hook a, tr- a, a truck to their house, and remove the home from their property 10 days before Remembrance Day. Other, this is other, how the, uh, right. the counties in Canada are approaching people. Uh, and this is not an isolated case. This is an extreme case. The good news about this one is this one is two hours away, and I'm going to be driving out there to meet these people. I'm not letting this go away because this is beyond obscene. These are things, and, and uh, talking to, I, I had a, a town hall meeting with uh, some people last night that uh, are in the industry, and they started seeing this coming 15 years ago. This is what they will do to enforce a 15-minute city agenda, and you guys got this problem, too. Yeah. Hi, we're right behind you. This is exactly what Yuri Bezmanov what was the former KGB guy? This is exactly what he warned in the in the in the 80s, Wayne. This is exactly how it begins until all of a sudden you turn around and realize that the indoctrination has worked, and and you've got a generation of clone troopers who are activated to do the bidding of whomever tyrant is in charge. Hundred percent, and, and this is the the level that we've seen now uh, uh, trickle down the the. Uh, the unauthorized but uh, uh, self-anointed authorities of even the local municipalities uh, uh, in, in their governing plight. Uh, these people are, uh, and this is something else that came up yesterday as well, and I think Americans really need to look into their cities and their mayors and their strong mayors programs and authorities and powers. Uh, this is something that is a, a, a plague across North America. All of our mayors are in it. And when you get break that layer of un- 
union, and you start to understand that to be a part of this strong mayor initiative, you literally have to swear an oath to the strong mayor's coven, which says that you will supersede your municipal bylaws and laws in favor of globalist policy. You will do everything that you can to implement globalist policy, regardless of what your constituents say and your voters say. That is the essence of the strong mayor's program. And I don't know about the U.S., but in Canada, we have more than 9,000 mayors that are signed up, sworn and quote, to the globalists to supersede their electoral uh, will. Do you agree with me that the majority of what we see is based on a bribery and blackmail backdrop? That, that there's so 100%. much... Okay, good. Go ahead. Tell me. Um, so... In, in, <laughs> People are just starting to scratch around the ends, uh, the edges of this hole that the, it, it is deep and, and it is dark and, and nasty. Uh, the collusion and, and uh, uh, conflict of interest between unions and uh, the elected electorate officials and retirement savings policies and plans. If union members start to look at their your union's retirement savings policies and plans, I would almost guarantee you that the vast majority of them are invested in Pfizer, Moderna, 3M, Johnson & Johnson, and Microsoft. I almost guarantee every major union pension plan is invested in those organizations, and that creates uh, an environment of conflict. Uh, it, it's not just the, the lobbyists that own the politicians anymore, it's the unions. In my final minute with you, Wayne, tell everybody as a journalist how hard it is for you to be able to speak freely and to get your message out there when you live in Canada. It's become even more difficult in the last week. The CRTC has now stepped in to make sure that even more uh, rules are, are applied. I, uh, I, I am lucky to have uh, 30 or 40 people in, uh, to, to see a live stream where typically I used to have 10,000 watching the stream anymore. Um, it is almost impossible to get beyond uh, the the, the the echo of our own, you know, our own room that we're in at this point. Without loyalists that seek us out, um, that go through the hoops to find us um, where we're hosted in countries outside of Canada uh, is the only way that we're really able to connect on a, on a, on a consistent basis uh, with anybody at this point any, anymore. Uh, the, the social media platforms, the YouTubes, uh, YouTube took five channels for me. They gave me another one, but uh, there you only had 140 followers there where I, I used to have, uh, you know, 40,000. So this is where this is where we are yeah. yeah this is the extreme ladies and gentlemen that's wayne peters our wendy bell radio network correspondent literally in exile in canada you don't get to speak freely there ladies and gentlemen you just don't and if we don't stop this nonsense here we are next you're dialed into the wendy bell radio program more right after this well something weird is in the air out there ladies and gentlemen I think people are smelling the stench of failure, of certain failure. It's coming down the pike for the Biden administration. I don't know if you guys watched any of the Gavin Newsom, uh, Ron DeSantis give and go last night. I personally was not interested and I was out and about anyway, so I didn't watch it. 
But I find it very interesting that everybody is is aware of what is going on and nobody is saying the quiet part out loud on the left. They know they're cooked. There's a reason they're trying to change the rules. There's a reason they're trying to break precedent. There's a reason why Democrats and people in their orbit are not responding to these congressional requests. There's a reason Christopher Wray needs to literally be threatened by a congressional subpoena before he's finally like, oh, wait, what? You wanted me to come in? Oh, sure. What are you doing in October of 2025? I'll be right there. This is what's going on. But there are some strange things happening in our midst. Chris Cuomo, one of the most toxic jerks out there. Mr. Come up from the basement pretending you've been quarantining because you tested positive for COVID. And then he comes upstairs and it's like he's out of the hyperbaric chamber. Like, oh, I'm free. And his own daughter's in the background going, oh, my God, this is the worst. Well, Chris Cuomo, who got fired from his job for helping his, you know, lackey brother who was gross, He's now working at News Nation, getting paid a pittance of what he used to get paid. And he's desperate for the good old glory days. I think he's probably in Matt Lauer's camp. Oh, I wish I was relevant again. So Chris Cuomo likes to insert himself and say things that are going to get people talking. And he took on uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who he got handled by Vivek. It was easy. But he decided to come out and say something. And I'll tell you this. I couldn't listen to it in advance because I wanted us to have the same immediate, organic reaction to Cuomo saying, (laughs) that he'd be open to voting for Donald Trump, as though that's like, what? Let's listen in. If it's Biden, Trump, look, for me, again, um, we survived a Trump administration. Oh, please. Uh, would we survive another one? <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't think there's any greater risk to America with him than with Biden. And for people who are now going to attack me and say, what are you talking about? Nobody Trump cares is about like you. This crazy man. Well, look, you know, as Patrick says, the data is the data. <laughs> Nobody was trying to kill us when Trump was president in a way that they're not now. If anything, there's more hostility. And you can have reasons for that any way you want. I'm just saying existentially, I'm not afraid of a Trump presidency. Um, Existentially, I'm not afraid of another Biden presidency because unlike many people in America, I believe that the country is much stronger than any individual leader. Mm. Um, We survived the Russia thing. We survived January 6th. We survived having Biden as a gaffe machine. We survived uh, Congress uh, going after each other and doing nothing for the rest of us. We survive these things. Are we better for it? No. Uh, should we be doing things differently? Yes. I think it happens. I don't know when. I don't even know why. But, you know, in terms of who I'm going to vote for, I would really have to see where we are at that moment oh, in please. time. Uh, and So you're open to a Trump vote? I am always open. And I'll tell you this. People say, oh, bullshit, you've never voted for a Republican in your life. Wrong. And not only have I, the first vote I ever cast was for a Republican. What did he just tell you besides absolutely nothing? We survived a Trump presidency. No, see, 
That's so not even close to being real, Chris. This is why you're a bloviating hack. You're sitting there as though you have any kind of say, as though you have any kind of pull. Sir, you are disgraced. You were helping your brother. You were bastardizing, molesting the news to help your brother. Your brother who, by the way, sent people back into nursing homes. Your brother, by the way, who's been accused by multiple people of sexual groping and assault. <gasps> Where are all the women's libbers? Where are all the vagina hat ladies? Come on, girls. Hop to it. What you doing? Chris Cuomo. I'm open to it. Well, I guess the, the real follow-up question is, give me one reason why you would ever vote for a Democrat. If this is what you get, tell me the one thing in your life that's better. Tell me the one thing in your life that gives you more peace of mind. Tell me the one thing in your life that makes you feel optimistic. Tell me what this administration has done that reaffirmed in you this idea of exceptionalism that reached down to your kids and planted a seed of hope. Nothing. This is the party of a winter of darkness and death. This is the party of clenched fists and, and red-lit curtains. This is the party of censorship. This is the party of, of, of lies, of mandates and lockdowns and rules and regulations and money laundering and insider deals and bribes and foreign side deals and waste and spending and deficit and inflation and food insecurity and crime. And police officers who are beleaguered and leaving in droves. Chris Cuomo, the follow-up question for you, my man. Why would you not vote for Trump? Quick time out when we come back. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio program. What are we going to talk about? Democrat ideas. They're almost always lemons. It's almost like I walked right into that on purpose. It's next. 